My name is Linda Colby. I'm the administrator for the Restorative Justice Unit. Restorative Justice originally is like natural justice because that way the victim has the opportunity to ask the question, why me? And that is actually one of the most important questions. Absolutely anything can be dealt with. At the moment, we deal with mainly shopliftings, burglaries, theft from vehicles, theft from cars. This meeting is going to be focused on what happened when a stolen mobile telephone was um, handled by yourself. Do you understand what the offence was, handling stolen goods? Yeah. First of all, the people arrive at the unit and we try to make sure that the offenders and their supporters and the victims and their supporters don't actually arrive at the same time because that in itself can be confrontational. You can have one facilitator. If it's a big meeting, it's usually wise to have two, because it's body language as well, and you need to be able to watch what's going on. All I ask of you is when we have this meeting, is we focus on your feelings and your thoughts at the time, how it affected other people, okay? And then we can work together to find a way of repairing the harm that's been caused. Is that okay? Mm-hmm. And it's a bringing together so that everybody understands what led up to the incident, why the incident happened, how people felt after the incident, and then you discuss the repairing of the harm that's been caused. Now, in a lot of cases, repairing the harm is just, I'm sorry, and it can be spoken. And the, the victims get a great deal of that because they can see that the offender has heard what everybody else has got to say and some of it's not nice but they have the courage to sit there and go through the process bearing in mind that this whole process is voluntary nobody has to go through with it tell us what happened the phone was in the car and the person gave me the phone and I took it and then the police took it off me and said it was stolen so what was that like for you it was a bit scary if the offender comes to the meeting where they have to have already admitted the offence, but they are closed to the fact that the victim is there and will not respond, that can be very frustrating. And actually, it probably re-victimises the victim from the first offence. And also, we would get much, much better results when the victims are there because they know what they want you to say. So what was that like for you then, when a friend does that to you? What? Puts you in that situation. Annoying. I don't know, it's just... Pisses you off a bit, yeah. Who's been affected by what's happened? Mum, my sisters. In what way? Upset. Don't think they thought I could do that. One of the main things that restorative justice promotes is that the person that's doing the crime is not necessarily a bad person. It's just what they did that was bad. And that's what you need to bring out and explain to the offenders. Nobody thinks they're a bad person. It's just what they did. And they need to accept that. And if they can accept it and apologise for it, they're taking responsibility for it and making it better. Prue, how do you feel right now? bit upset about what harm I've caused and stuff. So, Charles, it's sometimes quite easy to say sorry. Um, how can you be sure that an offender means it? You'd never be 100% sure, but I think if you were to sit in on one of these conferences, 
95% of the time you would be very sure. To be faced directly with the victim or victims you've hurt and to hear what they've said, very harrowing accounts, they feel really deep remorse, not always, but very often. And when that remorse turns into a deep apology, a genuine apology, and then a willingness to, to not do it again and to go through a programme to help stop doing it again, that's where you get very much reduced reoffending in the future. Roderick Hill, how can we be sure that it will lead or has led to reduced offending? Your project, research project, took, what, three years? Yep. But they might reoffend when next year, the year after. At what point, you know, does the research become uh, really reliable? If somebody doesn't reoffend within the first six months, not maybe significant, the first 18 months, but at what point can we reasonably sure that that person has changed, that, that they are unlikely to be a criminal in the future? Well, we can never be completely sure. Research studies have shown that the year before the offence and the year after are key times. And generally, if you're going to offend, you do so within a year of committing a first offence. What we did, which gave us a better picture than the official statistic, was actually ask offenders about their offending. So they gave us self-reported offending. And after a year, they could tell us about what they'd done, and they did this gave us fairly in-depth accounts which we could match. The thing to remember is that reoffending is a sort of fairly simplistic issue and a restorative conference, for example, might stop the offender from doing that type of offence while they might continue with other types of offendings. If we but, looked at, the but f- at least they would have seen and understood that a victim is a, a human being, exactly. not just a name or something like that. They, they will have had that element forced to confront the fact it could have been them who was the victim. Yeah, they'll be forced with the consequences of their crime, but they'll also be dealt with in a non-stigmatising way, mm. i.e. that their act has been blamed, but mm. then they themselves haven't been considered bad people and will be possibly reintegrated back into their communities. And so, Charles, how long will the details of these conferences be kept on file? I mean, if somebody does reoffend, can you go back and say, hold on a second, you know, they went through this process before, they say this, that and other, and you have to take that offence into account? Or do you say, no, after a year, 18 months, we wipe the slate, or what? In the youth justice system, they remain on file for a small number of years. That's not on the criminal record office yes. system, but just on file. You can get hold of them if you need to. Now, this seems to be terrible good news, and the sceptic says to me, there must be a problem here, because it seems to work for the victim, it seems to work for the criminal, it seems to be welcomed by the criminal justice system. Do you think people are a little too enthusiastic about this, perhaps out of desperation, Roderick, or do we we need to say it's promising, but there needs to be a lot more research before we can be sure? I, I think you're right. The name of our report is actually Proceed with Caution, and the idea is that if restorative justice is done well, there can be some gains. If it's done badly, then there can be some negative consequences. What we'd say about that is that there needs to be more research. And, and I think the enthusiasm comes a lot of the time from people who get involved trying to start these schemes. You need to be enthusiastic to survive almost in the climate. So you need to promote yourself. And the restorative justice movement has been very good at mm. self-promotion. But you do need independent, rigorous research into it that doesn't have a vested interest in it working. Well, so Charles, the results seem to be good. There seems to be a welcome for it at the Home Office. If it were to be introduced in a systematic way throughout the country, what are the cautions that you would put forward about it? The cautions are, really, just as, as Roderick has said, I think the case is, personally, I think is moved or moving rapidly from being promising to being proven, proven in principle that it can work when done in particular ways. Where the research is needed is to really identify and be very clear about what the key things you need to do and when and how you do it. And that's what's happening now. If that has happened, if that is done, 
I think if government were to develop this in a very systematic way, probably set up something called the Restorative Justice Board to oversee standards, training and ethical practices and fairness and monitoring, I think this could become a very major part of our criminal justice system and one which I think would be a very good thing for our country. And should the police play the role in it that they do? Is it possible for a policeman who's been responsible for the detection of a crime to also then sit in one of these conferences and be required to be relatively objective about it? Not necessarily, no. I mean, the reason police did it in Thames Valley was this was the easiest way to implement it. And actually, as the research project showed, a lot of the police officers did it very well, not all. But likewise, whoever does it, whether it's probation officers or representatives in the communities, whoever they are as facilitators, the neutrality is very important and the professionalism and skill they develop as facilitators is a very difficult skill to develop. It's very, very important. It's in fact the key thing about restorative justice working well.